Guys, uh, welcome to another episode of... We don't have a name for it yet. We don't have a name for it. Okay, so there's no name for this, but welcome back again. Um, so my name is Roger and... I'm CL. CL. So today we're going to be talking about Vanity Matrix. Favorite. Yeah. Favorite, favorite, favorite. Yeah. So what's your opinion on Vanity Matrix? What do you want to start off with? Well, how, do you, how would you define Vanity Matrix. Yeah, I guess for the benefit of the, the audience, let's define what Vanity Matrix is. Yep. And you know, typically when where do you find it, how it's being used, right? So I guess our definition of Vanity Matrix is that one that measures obviously a metric, a measurement, but it's used purely as an ego boost. You know, it, it looks good, you want it to look good, the public can see that it looks good, but it really doesn't really do anything else. Uh, much other than than that. So some examples of vanity metrics are like page lights. You know, how many people like my post? How many people like my page? Um, number of followers. I think uh, maybe half a decade ago, people were really pushing for followers. How many people are following me? You know, yeah. um, the number of people coming to your website. So I guess in general, this would be things that more is better. You want to see a lot more of without necessarily the context of quality. Yep. That's my definition of quantity metrics. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I agree with that. Like, I think my first exposure to the word vanity matrix was, uh, I think in the startup scene. Mm-hmm. So clearly like when, when you're looking at building up a business, there's a lot of numbers that you can look at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think one of the ones that a lot of startups would use would be how much money uh came in in terms of how much they were funded right right it, it looks good right like you, you get like what 500 mil yep uh in your first round of funding it looks amazing right but what what does it what does it actually mean it's um it's not that you have a legitimate business it just means that you got 500 uh 500 million yeah right? so or another version of that would be that you have you know half a million uh signups mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do you have half a million active users, users right? Yeah. Right. So yeah. So we'll go into that a little bit more today. I think um, I just wanted to kind of define it. Uh, what you thought was vanity matrix, and I mean we're pretty much on the same page. Uh, now, ha- have you seen vanity matrix a lot in in the industry right now? For sure. So coming from both, I guess the client side and also the agency side. The vanity metrics is almost something that people ask for exclusively, right? So you get a lot of requesting, even in the startup scene, right? You get a lot of requesting um, from, say, the startup founder, yeah. the CIO, and saying, hey, as by chief investment officer, or like, well, the person who is responsible for the funding, go out there and get me to 200 million. Yeah. You know, that's how I measure how good you are at your job. Yeah. In in the muffling world, I think we see reversing the best job. And you launch a new product, and the first thing that the marketing, the CMO or the marketing manager is told to do is, hey, give me a thousand followers. Yeah. Right. That the ability for you to do that defines how good you are as a marketer. So it's definitely something that we, we see a lot, and it's something that is requested a lot because of that tonality. Yeah. I find that a, a tough ask, right? Like, one, as a marketer, we can definitely do it. It's, I think it's a very straightforward and easy task, but as a profit-driven 
or data-driven business people, I, I think it's a, a dumb ask as well. Uh, sometimes I kind of feel like you're asking the wrong things at, at the wrong time, uh, only to kind of make yourself feel better. Correct. And I think it's a very short-term view of the business. Yeah. Okay, so I think in the startup scene, for example, let's say you want to get, hey, I've committed to my investors yeah. that I need to get a thousand signups. Without a thousand signups, you know, we are going to get our fundings cut, we're yeah. going to get the tax round funding and yeah. so on and so forth, right? So then people keep chasing for signups yeah. or almost to a point where I'm going to incentivize you to sign up yeah. just to meet my numbers, yes. even if you're not my users. Yes. Like, I guess the better way to think about it is, uh, and I guess an, an analogy would be you going out yeah. to an 18-year-old mm-hmm. trying to sell them a foxhole. Right, and say, hey, sign up for the Oak Soap today. Yeah. These are all the great news you're going to get, you know, yeah. 60 years down the road. Yeah. Inherently, you know, there's a wrong target audience. Yeah. You know, that they are going to be an inviting user. But because you're pressured to meet the number, yeah. you will do whatever it takes. And yeah. I would rather take the 18 year old than to spend, say, twice as much time yeah. to convince the 65 year old to sign up. Just because that's cheaper to acquire. Okay. Okay. I, I wanted to play this game where we threw off. Um, how many vanity matrix we can think of like straight away and then like the loser takes the shot but we don't really have we don't have shot so so let, let, let's let's play this game anyway uh you go first like just think of something and i'll i'll come to it sure let's start with page like page likes okay um let's go with views views yeah um followers number of followers followers uh, subscribers. Oh, yeah. Website page views. Okay. Um, do you want video views or anything? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Revenue. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> okay, we, we can, we can go this, we can go into this a little bit. Right, yeah. Go, go. You're like. Funding. You mentioned funding. Yeah, funding. Oh, okay. What else? What else? Oh, you mentioned signups. Signups, yeah. Signups. Uh, I, I'm blocked. Do you have else? I'll say, it's similar to sign up, but I'll say customers. Customers. We haven't really defined what that really is, right? Okay. Okay. So those are some really, really good ones. Oh, um, like, you're shot now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sean O'Hennessy. I mean, next, next time we need to like prepare, uh, a bunch of shots so that we can play these games properly. All right. So. We have a bunch of vanity matrix. Now, in in most cases, right, I, I think it's not always a bad thing, but yes. let's talk about the limitations. Let's, uh, now, the ones that we kind of mentioned, what kind of limitations do you think we would have as a business if we purely focus on these things and we don't we don't try to understand the deeper side or, yeah. So I think from my perspective, the there's nothing wrong with vanity metrics. In fact, the metrics are there to make it easy for you to measure growth and progress, right? So there's nothing wrong with vanity metrics. I think underlying that is the fundamental assumption that people are also focusing on quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take for pitch followers, for example, right? If you launch a social media platform, uh, you, you launch a new channel, you want to get followers for sure. Yeah. But when people say that, I think there's an underlying tone that I want to get real people to be interested in my conversation. Say you launch a podcast, basically, you know, let's get a hundred people to listen to it and let's get a thousand people to listen to it. What we're trying to say is we want to find 
a thousand people who will be interested in this topic because then there is you know longev longevity to that subscription yeah there's perpetuity to that right so i think the first uh back to your question the, the first um use case would be to measure progress i think vanity metrics is actually very good for you to measure progress and take up in the absence of which you don't really have a way to figure out whether it's working right so if you launch a video and you can't see if people are watching it then you don't really know which videos are doing better sure or you have yep. post in a month you don't really know which post gets more visibility which post gets more like you don't really know uh, which post is doing well so then i think uh measurement of progress will be one what do you think okay i, I agree to that so i think um another benefit to vanity matrix is on this on the same tone is uh social proof right um we've mentioned this last time where you know if you look at a restaurant if there's no one inside you typically won't go into it but even if you pay pay a bunch of fake people to go inside your restaurant and just sit there it, it still works all right like people will think that okay the, the, the restaurant is busting right so like i'll definitely want to try it out uh so the limitation comes from like not going deeper right like not understanding how this reflects your business in the long term um one one thing you mentioned is like you know we if we focus on sign up uh, it's like i want like a hundred thousand signups uh and especially for like this podcast like if we try to pay as much money to get people to listen to it what fundamentally what are we trying to do like what uh, we just want you know, a million people uh, to listen to it but and then what and then yeah right like there's no i guess like there's no proper performance goal or like or something that reflects the business itself other than the fact that it kind of looks good right and that's the probably my 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 grief with it is it's just makes you look good and it's an ego boost but building up on on that as well right there yeah. like how you're getting social proof uh, as one of the use of vanity metrics yeah uh, not necessarily the most ethical by the spirit of transparency it's also something that's really good to convince someone else that the product is working so for example yeah. if you are a startup founder and you're working to convince investors to continue funding in your idea and you we all know that they care very much about vanity metrics like how much pr attention are you getting how much pr value are you getting how many subscribers are you getting right so it, it is I guess a strategy or a tactic to get your business sustained, yeah. right? Um, whether it's good or bad, that's arguable. But at the very least, knowing that you can hack or growth hack that number, if it's a tool or bullet for you as a marketer to use. Yes. Right? Yeah. I think, which is what we're about to get into, right? The tool problem that, that comes with it is usually because it's such a short-term metric, yeah. the damage that it's doing to you in the long run, usually the CMO doesn't care. But as a startup founder or as an owner of the business, you should because yeah. you're in it for the long game. Yes. Right? So if you hire people who come and promise you, hey, you know, I can growth hack your number, I get you 15,000 subscribers, yeah. this is how much I will charge. Yeah. Great. They're going to make a quick buck off you. Correct. But Correct. immediately they're going to disappear. Because Correct. the moment you start asking them, hey, how come I have 200,000 followers but nobody like my posts are? Yeah. Then they start going away from the competition. Correct. Similar to, to your social proof as well. I think the follow-through is important. So let's say you launch a restaurant and you want to improve traffic and yep. footfall to your restaurant and you realize that people are doing a lot of work uh, on Yelp and people are doing a lot of work on Google Review before they even show up at the place. Yep. So you invest into getting reviews, you pay people to come and you know it's a promise that they will review your, your food. Yep. 
if the thought process is so short, yeah. you're going to get them to come. Yes. But they are definitely not going to return. Yes. In fact, they're going to add more to the negative reviews to your site. Correct. And then you're going to have to pay more to go and counteract it. So yeah. it's, it's a it's a yeah. toxic cycle. Absolutely. And I think I've seen this particular example in real life as well where um, so a restaurant owner, right, they, um, the the restaurant itself isn't famous. However, what they did well was that they did go out and get like, you know, influencers to come through. They did, they did get, you know, some decent reviews in terms of their food. But I think a big portion of um, the reason why that particular business wasn't successful was that generally their food wasn't that great, right? And, and as well as their service. So in inside part of the review, uh, some people did mention like, oh, the service wasn't that great. You know, the, the only reason they went was because another influencer to, to go check it out. Um, so you can do really well in the short term where like, you know, you get this massive spike of people coming through to your restaurant, but ultimately like there are better matrix out there that you should be focusing on as well, right? I think in the short term, Yes, fantastic. You get a bunch of people coming through. But long-term wise, how do you get these people to come back again? Substitute. Right. Yeah, yeah. So definitely seen examples where it didn't work as well and focusing on the wrong matrix really did kind of F them up a little bit. Uh, now, within the agency space, right, like uh, you have experience and I have experience in terms of what our clients typically want. Uh, what, what do you think is big, big downfall for a lot of our clients at the moment when it comes to vanity matrix. So one of the biggest, and, and I know we're going to dive into this, right? One of the biggest downfall, I think, is that you are trading off performance yeah. for vanity, right? Yes. So one, the vanity matrix, it's something that's easy for you to bring and boost about, right? You know, I've got a million people viewing my festive video. Uh, Great. Yes. So what? Yeah, right. So I think that's the biggest alpha, right? The, yeah. the so what is difficult. And for someone who doesn't think long though, I think then it's very difficult to justify the so what from the million view. Versus say someone who is really strategic about their go-to bucket, all you, they needed was say half of that, say half a million view, and yet they bring in X amount of conversion or they bring in X amount of new users or they, yeah. you know, they impress upon a new generation of users. I think that is a lot more important rather than the views itself. Yes. Yeah, I think you're you're starting to hit on um, hit on a big and I think very important point where I think I'm, I think both of us are actually like we're we're trying to get customers or our clients to really just take one extra step, right? To really dig in, why do we want this number, right? Um, and and I think a, another point is also sometimes I feel like. Our clients, the people that we work with anyway, like the individual person that we work with, they're sort of like the gatekeepers, right? Um, so they may have like a CMO or a, a manager or sales manager that that's saying that, look, uh, these are the numbers that we want. And they kind of go, oh, that's what my manager wants. <laughs> um, what my manager wants, I just give them this and you know, I'm, I'm just getting paid this salary. So, you know, don't stress me out here. And then it translates to the agency too, right? Yeah. 
I know I don't agree with you. I mean, I I know I don't agree with the metrics. Yeah. My hands are tied. Yeah. You're either going to help me get the metrics. Yeah. Or I'm going to get another agency who will help me get the metrics. Right. So then the agency takes the job back and says, eh. Yeah. We know it doesn't mean anything. Yes. Yes. Are you, do you want to get paid? Yes. Yeah. I, I agree to that. I think it's a tough ask because like, they, they will come to us, look, this is what we want. This is the, the campaign that we want to run. And off, off the bat, like we kind of go, oh, it's not really that good, but I kind of don't want to lose you as a client as well. So let's, let's go with it. And then I'll start to massage and hopefully guide you to something a little bit better. Right. And, um, I think that's, that's a very good scenario that we can actually massage them and and kind of work with them to to better their performance and whatnot uh, at the end of the day. But I think the the worst case scenario has always been for me anyway, I, I don't know about you, is a client comes through, they go, look, we want X number of likes, we want this, 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 this. Uh, we've agreed on a specific, you know, KPI that we'll achieve within, you know, three to six months. We hit that milestone, right? But then they go, I'm not getting sales. Yeah. And if we go, yeah, this, this, this was, you know, this is our, our whole thing. Like we knew that going into this, you weren't going to get any sales and don't get me wrong. Like I, I think as a brand new, brand new, brand new business, it's a struggle, right? It's you, you have limited uh, capital and, and obviously monthly cash flow is going to be super tight if you uh, can't bring in enough money. Right. But to understand that, like maybe in the first few months, it's going to be a struggle. Like you do need to put put in a little bit more effort on getting the market to be aware of your product or service or your brand uh, for, for them, you can actually like start selling something, right? They're like you sort of like you're building trust. So you do need some of these vanity matrix that we spoke about just before and uh, utilize that to kind of kick off a few things before we can make the sales. But I think if we don't understand this portion of how to work with them, this is the downfall of a lot of us agency people and uh, also a lot of businesses, right? I think to, to, add, to add on to that, right? I think we're not saying that vanity metrics shouldn't be done. You have to say, especially if you're in the first phase of the business, yeah. the vanity metrics are actually very, very important. Again, right? It's a metrics that we use to measure growth and progress. Mm -hmm. And that's almost, it, it almost is the most important measurement when your business just launched. So we're saying do it, but do it uh, be mindful while you're doing it so that you're not foregoing uh, quality as you're going through it. So you want the first thousand, your first thousand subscribers for sure. But if you're selling, you know, female yoga pads, you really want your first thousand subscribers to be predominantly female who would go to yoga, right? So then just be careful about the quality while you're pushing through it. Or at least be very, very clear. Mm. Are you willing to sacrifice one unlikely male purchaser or 10 unlikely new purchaser as a subscriber in exchange for two more likely target audience. And they start to kind of make adjustments and say, hey, you know what? I need more people to know about my brand. I know some guys who buy for their girlfriends and wives and whatnot, but chances are it's better for me to go for all women target audience instead. So let's focus on that a little bit more and be, be mindful that by doing so, I might not reach the vanity I'm aiming for, yep. but I might get a little bit more quality than that. So let's be careful of that. Yeah. Which brings me to, I guess, the next part of my question, right? If we are stuck with vanity matrix and you, we kind of know the, the pros and cons of it, and we're saying that that's not enough, yeah. 
what's my alternative as a business owner, yep. as you know, as a as a CMO, what what are my alternatives to vanity metrics? Yep. Um so I'll go back to one of my examples, uh, revenue. <laughs> All right. So I think look revenue and I think most of the other matrix there's and we've spoken about this quite a fair bit, but like there's the good part and then there's also the bad part. I think if we're fo- focusing on revenue itself as a business and we lose track of like the actual profit side, we may uh, we may not even have the cash flow to run things sometimes, right? Like there's just not enough margin and, and if we don't know how to get that margin uh, to make profits, then I feel like there's something wrong there. Um, if you were just purely focused on revenue. I, I think it's a very good example. Um, I mean, we run a group of businesses, yeah. right? So I'm very familiar with this. And if, I think that if there's no better way to say it than to give you this cross example, right? Today, as a single individual, you can build a billion dollar business. Yes. Like that. Yes. Right? All you need to do, register two companies. One company, build the other company a billion. The other company, build the other company a billion. Both have you a billion dollar revenue. Yes. And also a billion dollar expense. Yes. As an individual, yes. now you own two billion dollar companies. Yes. And it, this is why the vanity metrics is so important, right? You hit a 2B milestone. So what? For the fifth chief. In a day, you can get yeah. there. Yeah. Right? But then you didn't get anything out of it. Yeah. Right? That's true. That's true. To wrap it up, how do you think businesses can use vanity matrix and have a balance between both worlds? Right. So, uh, to conclude, I think we're not saying don't look at vanity metrics. I think what we're saying is look at vanity metrics for what it's supposed to do yep. and not forget about the other two components, which is the your performance metrics as well as your quality metrics. Yep. Uh, the second part is before going into, into this, to have a very, very clear objective, what what is the outcome you want for your business? And, and I understand that vanity matrix is one part of it, but you know what do you want, like when you train truly want at the end of the the day. Yeah. Those are those two, those would be my two takeaways. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I think for myself, it's looking at it from a long-term perspective and sort of like, you know, how can I just get things rolling? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if it costs you to, you know, it costs you like five bucks to acquire a customer, uh, you know, or like or whatever, um, how much are you going to charge them you know, to make that money back, right? Yep. Uh, so I think that's quite important thing, think long-term. And I think the second thing is just be data-driven instead of like emotional. Like there's no point in having a million likes if that million like doesn't actually do anything other than make you feel good in the, on the inside, right? Absolutely. Be that, yeah, be, that in the, be data-driven. Like feel, feel like, okay, something tangible is going to come out of this, right? Whether it be sales, whether it be repeat customers or whatever, right? Just make sure that whatever you're doing in the vanity matrix side translates to something tangible, something that's going to give you return business in the long run. Absolutely. So yeah. Thanks Roger. I think that, that that's a really a good way to sum up the whole episode. And before I forget, if there are anything else that you want to see from us or hear from us or like to get in the discussion with us, feel free to drop in a comment and hopefully we'll get some interesting recommendations. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening in. Um, now, if you do like this episode and it was useful to you, make sure you like, subscribe, and I guess comment and, and share <laughs> and share as well. 
Um, now, if you do have any questions, comment below, uh, and hopefully you will be able to answer them. If not, you know, you can always, uh, email us directly, uh, or contact us directly or indirectly somehow. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank yeah. you.